I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Paul Darren. Uh, he is the United Healthcare Medical Director for Behavioral Health in Louisiana. He is a board certified psychiatrist. Uh, he is board certified in psychiatric addiction medicine and mind body medicine. He has been in practice for over 25 years, integrating mind body practices and promoting a healthy lifestyle into the care of his patients. He is an assistant professor of clinical psychiatry at LSU and medical director of imaging, image recovery in New Orleans. Today he is speaking as a clinician on behalf of United Healthcare. We are excited to have Dr. Calderon. Please hold all questions till the end of the presentation. Dr. Calderon, you are muted. You will be down star six. Thank you. Good morning. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, sir, we can. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for, for hosting these phone calls, the podcast, the United Healthcare Organization, everybody involved with this, and, uh, because it's such an important uh, service for our community. And I want to thank everybody for taking the time today. Uh, I'm going to spend with you here uh, for the next uh, about 30 minutes, a little bit more. Uh, my hope that uh, that we use this coming time together to to uh, discuss a little bit of uh, of how we can take care of ourselves using stress reduction techniques and practice a little bit, so we can use this time to recalibrate and reorient ourselves during these turbulent times. This uh, past week, the state began to slowly reopen. And while these news are met with some excitement, there's also a great deal of anxiety and concern as we, are, as we are all forced to make a multitude of decisions for ourselves and our family in ambiguous situations of risk. Do I go out? Do I wear a mask? Yes, wear a mask. Do I let my kids go out to see friends while keeping social distance? Uh, just as a parenthesis, CDC now has guidelines of what, how to take care of children, right? So try to avoid gatherings of children and to maintain social distance, hand washing, particularly with children, asking to wear a mask in situations. Um, do I go to a restaurant? Do I don't go to a restaurant? So on and so forth. So there are multiple decisions that we need to make uh, and many others related to work. So the stress of course waxes and wanes. Sometimes is uh, sometimes is very present, sometimes is less present in the back of our mind. But it shows up at different times and many of us have been feeling it in different ways. The National Alliance for Mental Illness national campaign, their motto this week is been, is quote, it's okay not to be okay, close quote, recognizing that A, we're alone in this together, and we're physically separated, but we're emotionally together and connected. And B, that stress and mental health isn't, in its many forms, are a normal response to stress and difficult situations, right? Could be stress or anxiety, fear, not wanting to go out. Some of us, some of us may be actually 
feeling a little bit of uh, guilt because we, we, we are liking being isolated at home and not wanting to go out or are enjoying the streets without so many cars and without pollution, or we can take a bike ride without being threatened by, by traffic, you know, by all the traffic. So many of us are, and all of these responses are normal and perfectly okay. There are also individuals, uh, many among us, who, who have also already struggled with a mental health condition, uh, perhaps depression, trauma, anxiety, panic, and that, COVID magnifies the presence of these symptoms. So self-care begins with our lifestyle, and I'm here to talk a little bit about that, with stress reduction. We're going to practice a little bit about that. And when seeking help and support, first from a community like you're doing here in this phone call, but also from other members of our community, extended family, friends, churches, places of support, and then when necessary to reach out for professional help, be medical or psychiatric, right? So that's, that's about, um, about self-care. So um, I, was, I was mentioning that our stress response and however we're facing this loss of sleep or anxiety, etc., is really a normal response to a stressful situation and a difficult situation. And it's no different than when we bruise ourselves when we bang our foot with a piece of furniture. So this is a normal reaction. So many of us have lost sleep. Some of us crave comfort foods, or we feel tired or irritable or easily fatigued, sad or down, or we are extra worried. And that's, as I mentioned, it's all normal. And uh, or we feel less productive also, right? And that's all normal too. So in regards to uh, self-care, you've had other speakers here that have mentioned the hallmarks of self-care here in lifestyle. Number one, to have a credible source of information like this, uh, this phone call and the podcast, the CDC, SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse Mental Health Administration and, and World Health Organization, those are credible sources of information. There's a lot of misinformation out there that just contributes to a lot of anxiety. So use a credible source of information. Limit the amount that we spend on online, the TV, the radio, or reading news, you know, uh, because these news tend to create anxiety for us at some point, so it would be good to limit this, and particularly limit children's exposure to ongoing media stories. The other thing is to keep a structure in our day. That gives us normality. And have all hands on deck so everybody at home has a role to play in this pandemic. Everybody's equally important. So a child may be helpful sweeping uh, some furniture, or some, some floor, the floor, or rearranging furniture, or somebody else is in charge of bringing the trash out, somebody else of the dishes or the dishwasher. Everybody has a role to play that's equally important and brings a sense of cohesiveness to the family. Somebody cooks, perhaps, uh, and, and, or other people can take turns in doing some of these things. Uh, the other things are to stay physically active. Very important. Physical activity is, is very important to help release stress 
is, is the strongest antidepressant that we know, stronger than medications for mild and moderate depressions. So remaining physically active, even at home, going up and down the stairs or doing movements, repetitive movements, physical movements while we're sitting on a chair, lifting not heavy things, all of these things are very helpful. Uh, limit caffeine, certainly limit alcohol, avoid use of drugs, and procure uh, uh, healthy habits for, for sleep. And the last piece of lifestyle are, again, to extend and reach out to people that, we, that are supportive to us, and also engage in a hobby. Perhaps this is a good time to do something different, to learn some new skill that we always wanted to do and we never had the time. So that's lifestyle. The next piece here is about stress reduction. And we are in the middle of a storm, right? The storm of COVID, the storm of unemployment, the storm of uncertainty. And even in the middle of a storm, there are places of calm and refuge. Today I want to share with you a Christian story. It's one of our most beloved stories in the New Testament, found on Mark 4:35 to 41. In this story, Jesus and his disciples, disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee when a storm rolls in. And quote, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And his disciples then woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and revoked the wing and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And at that moment the wind ceased, and there was great calm. So two points from this episode are worth of our attention. Number one, as long as somebody stays calm in the middle of a storm, their equanimity, the purpose and compassion, their ability to stay calm and self-directed are contagious. And second, while we may not be able to calm the external storms rolling in our lives right now, like, like Jesus in the story, still can be an invitation to calm our internal storms our internal weather, how we're feeling. So we know that nature and man-made disasters, uh, as we know, the great magnifiers pointing out the difficulties, the gaps, the imperfections in ourselves and our man-made institutions. But it also shines a light into our best qualities, our creativity, our capacity for rising to the challenge, our togetherness, our coming together like in this call and this podcast in our communities. We are isolated, but we're not alone. We're stressed, but we're not falling apart. So there is an unquenchable human spirit born anew in each of us, magnified, diversity, and love. That spirit carried people we admire, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, our ancestors perhaps, and so many others through hardship and storms. Inside of us, there are a thousand generations of our ancestors who learned how to survive storms and difficulties. Do not be afraid. You too will find a way, and you're not alone. 
So trust your ability to turn towards your difficulties with courage and compassion. Grounding ourselves in our body, we find the temple of healing within. By bringing our most beloved wisdom figures into your heart, you will have find help as you navigate conflict or loss. You'll discover how to cultivate practices that give you balance, peace, and equanimity. Parker Palmer, the writer, says that self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of, of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer others, she says. Anytime we can listen to our self and give the care it requires, we do it not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. Self-care is never a selfish act. So I want to guide you through a, soft, so, so, through a brief stress reduction technique. Okay? And uh, it involves breathing and repeating a phrase. Um, this you can practice for a couple of minutes a day if you like it. Two to five minutes a day, several times a day would be most desirable. You can practice this before going to sleep, which also helps clear the mind so you can fall asleep with the right attitude. You can practice it in the morning. Um, and my words, so I'm going to use a couple of words that, that, uh, that I like, but, uh, but you feel free to change the words to whatever you want them to be. So um, you'll, you'll, you'll understand a little bit of, of what I'm saying in a moment, okay? So uh, if you're ready, um, if you're sitting comfortably, allowing your hands to rest, letting go of anything that you're holding, so your hands can fully rest, allowing your eyes to close if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, gently and softly allowing your gaze to rest on something that's not moving. And beginning by taking a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Turning our attention to our body, so you may notice that the ground is supporting our feet. That the chair if you're sitting or the bed if you're laying down are supporting our body. Mid-air. So you may notice the place of contact between your the back of your legs, your buttocks and your lower back and the chair. You may notice the weight of your hands if they're resting on your lap or on the side of your chair. You may notice that your abdomen is softly, gently expanding with the in-breath and gently folding back with the out-breath. It's like a balloon.
inner attention, you may notice the lifting and expanding of your chest and your ribcage with the in-breath as the air comes into your lungs and expands them. And the deflating of the chest with the out-breath. You may notice that your hands are resting, that your arms are resting, that your shoulders can come down with gravity. With each outbreath, we can let go of a little bit more tension, letting that go, so we can fully rest, fully supported by the chair or the bed. Letting gravity to do the work so we can relax in this moment. Unlocking your jaw. Perhaps noticing our tongue resting quietly against our teeth. For now, there's nothing to say or nothing else to do but simply being present in this moment. Notice your eyes closed and softening your brow and your forehead. We may bring a gentle smile to our face, which may help to soften the muscles in the face and will change the disposition in our brain. And somewhere in your body, you will notice the gently swaying, coming and going of the breath. Could be the tip of your nose, breathing in cool air and breathing out warm and moist air. with the rising of our chest and the coming down, deflating of the chest. Could be our belly expanding with the in-breath, deflating with the out-breath. So allow your attention to softly rest on the breath, the in-breath and this out-breath.
You can stay softly following the breath or you can repeat quietly to yourself. It would help if your mind feels distracted. To repeat quietly to yourself, soft as you're breathing in, belly as you're breathing out. As you soften your belly, the breath will deepen. It will activate stress reduction systems in the brain. Soft as you're breathing in, belly as you're breathing out. Soft, belly. Soft, belly. Soft, belly. You may notice that from time to time your mind will want something or to be somewhere else or will start thinking of something else or we want more of this or less of that. This is truly a practice of letting go, letting thoughts come, letting them go and gently escorting your attention back to your breath and to repeating quietly. Soft when you're breathing in, belly when you're breathing out. Soft, belly. As we're coming to the end of this exercise, so I want to use the words of the 13th century Persian poet, Rumi. He says, today, like every other day, we may wake up empty and frightened. Don't open the door to the study and begin reading. Take down the dulcimer. Let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. So noticing the entirety of your body breathing, expanding with the in-breath. Gently letting go with the out-breath. and you can begin to notice sounds around you. 
and heartfelt space for all of you sitting together breathing. Have a felt sense for the space around you. And if your eyes are closed, gently with your next out breath, gently opening your eyes. So, when you're ready, I'd like to say to you, to hear a little bit about your experience practicing this breathing techniques, being with yourself for a moment, turning inwards, breathing, repeating a gentle, a, a simple phrase. What was this like for you? What came up for you? If anyone would like to share, you will have to dial star six to unmute. Or if you have any question. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, this is Deborah. I I just wanted to just make one comment. I get treated to this at least once a week, every Tuesday, Dr. Calderon uh, allows uh, United Healthcare employees in Louisiana to experience some type of meditation. So to me, I got a double blessing this week, and I really appreciate what he does for our employees and for me every week in helping us to focus. So I guess my word would be I'm more focused after going through this and I can get up and move forward and do some of the tasks that I have and some of the harder ones that I have, I can kind of force myself to do that uh, and I'm more encouraged by it. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Devon. Can, can I second that? I'm, this is Rhonda Winbush with United Healthcare, and I get the same thing every week. I get to have the opportunity to spend time with Dr. Caldeon, and I get so much out of it. So I'm so grateful that Deborah invited him to come and share the wealth with our community. Thank you, Dr. Caldeon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to hear that it's helpful to you. I'll share. This is uh, Shonda. So I, when Deborah contacted me, about having Dr. Calderon on, I was I said yes because it forces me to sit and go through the activity and take that time just to focus on myself, shut everything else out. So I really appreciate you taking your time today to do this for us because I needed it. So I had you here, honestly, for me because the only time, and I've got to get better, but the only time that I sit and I meditate is when I have Ms. Deborah on. So when she offered for somebody else to come, I was like, oh, that's another opportunity to force me to meditate. We're starting a program mm-hmm. June 1st, and I feel like we should build 
something in with meditation because it'll, it'll, I'm not disciplined enough. Unfortunately, I'm the last person that I take care of. I take care of everybody else. We've got over 70 people on the call. After this ends, I'm going to take care of those folks and answer questions. I'm the last person on my list. So I guess my question, Dr. Calderon, is how do I move myself up as a priority to take the time to do the meditation and the like? Mm, that's a great question. And so a couple of thoughts. One is that your struggle is my struggle and everybody's struggle with this. We tend to turn outwards and to do, and we, and we like that, and it's a way of coping to help others, and it's very healthy. And sometimes we overdo it, right? And uh, don't notice when we're overdoing it. So uh, scheduling a time to practice with others is, again, and come back to the aspect of community, it's very helpful. You know, it really helps us to, to do this. And then putting it on the schedule, you know, as a priority that I, I know as I look at my schedule that I'm going to take five minutes here or there to practice uh, because otherwise it would be pushed around by other priorities in my mind and will not happen. And so those are a couple of things. And this, the, the other one is that to understand that, again, that self-care is not a selfish act, right? That we do it not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch to the extent that I am better, I can service others and help others in a much better way. This is Fabian. I am calling from um, United Healthcare. I'm in Mississippi, and I just want to say thank you, Dr. Calderon. Um, this has um, uh, it has just helped put everything in perspective. I too have the privilege of listening to um, you on a weekly basis, and I look forward. Uh, to hearing, um, but it's just putting everything in perspective and then being fresh <laughs> for everyone else. Uh, I'm not uh, tethering at my ends. I'm focused. Everything is in perspective, and I'm able to do um, that which I'm called to do, and that's to serve and help others. Thank you again. Thank you. I have a question. This is Michelle. I have a question for the doctor. I would like to know when would be a good age for uh, parents to start their children doing meditations? Wonderful question. All ages. Okay. So, well, all ages. When as soon as there's they already. Kids are better at this than we are, you know. They have this in their true nature and their ability to stay focused and do this. So all ages, particularly when they start understanding language, the ways of doing Now, the ways of doing the meditation with children are a little bit different. So, for example, you can use little toys or stuffed animals. They can put them in their belly, and they can see them. If they're laying down, they can see their belly rise and their little animal rise up with the in-breath and coming down with the out-breath. So they can help kind of rock, rock uh, the, the, the little uh, stuffed animal has a name, they can help that stuffed animal rock up and down, up and down. And in doing that, they stay focused on the breath. So there, may be, there are other techniques also for kids that involve shaking and movement, the same for adults. So all ages, and they're out there, um, many uh, resources for mindfulness techniques for children that you can find? That's a great question. Thank you. And teenagers, they like them a lot, but they like them 
you know, they have to be tweaked a little bit to their language and, and uh, sometimes with other peers, it's helpful. Thank you, Doctor. Any other questions for Dr. Calderon? Uh, this is Deborah. I just got a text from someone who's on the call, and they said, I want more of this type of meditation. I paid attention to my body and appreciated awareness of me. Mm. Yeah. Yes, thank you. You know, there are uh, several apps uh, out there. There's a uh, um, – to think if it's uh, – there are several apps that are teaching meditation, Headspace, and the, the UCLA Center, the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA Mindfulness, Guided Mindfulness Practices. They have free guided mindfulness practices uh, available to download body scans, breathing techniques, etc. that you can just access online and, and use them. It's much easier to practice if you're being guided than to try to do this alone. So at least at the beginning, while you establish a practice of stress reduction and meditation, it's helpful to be guided. And uh, the Healthman's United on Live and Work Well has guided mindfulness meditations, if you're a member of United. If you go online, you can have those too. Okay. And there is an app available now, and uh, Dr. Brooks has it on the Family Strong uh, Facebook page, and it's called San Velo, S-A-N-V mm -hmm. as in Victor, E-L-L-O, and it's available as a free download. There is a paid version, but for a limited time, uh, San Velo is offering the, the paid version at no cost. And after they end that, uh, that promotion, if you are a United Healthcare member on any platform, if it's Medicaid, Medicare, or through your employer, uh, United Healthcare covers the cost of that paid version. You can register through Sanvelo uh, and identify yourself as a, uh, a United Healthcare member, so that you can permanently have that paid version. And it's a scientifically based app that helps you to manage stress, uh, depression, anxiety. So take advantage of it. <laughs> And uh, just to, uh, two, more, two more just instructions, and I, I want to um, let you move into to, to another part of your program today. But two, two things. So in short, for meditation, which we just did, is a concentrative meditation where we continue to focus on the breath and focus on repeating a, 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 a few words. Soft belly is secular. We can soften the belly, deepen the breath, and that works for a lot of people. All over the world we use this this practice, um, but you can change the words to something that's meaningful to you. You know, you can do numbers, one, two, three on the in-breath, three, two, one on the out-breath, or you can put in religious words if they, if, they, if they speak to you more, right? Uh, our Father on the in-breath, we are in heaven on the out-breath, or uh, whatever is it, uh, your religion or spiritual orientation or, or whatever phrase that makes sense to you. Is, uh, for example, I am 
breathing in, at peace, breathing out, whatever it is. So change the words, use them at your convenience. And the second piece here is that meditation is never about putting your mind blank and just uh, uh, and being able to force relaxation. It's really about letting go. So letting go of getting hooked up with the thought so we can see it coming and we can let it go and come back to the breath. And so we would be distracted, and that's perfectly fine all the time, and that's normal to the brain. But it's that ability, that practice to let go so we can be fully present over and over and over again, sometimes 10 times during a sitting of five minutes, sometimes a 1,000 times during five minutes. But it's always letting go and coming back. It's a very forgiving practice that we can always come back to the breath and to this moment, and to our true nature, uh, through the breath and through phrases. So thank you.